Welcome back to Whitgift Conversations, the podcast where we talk to staff and parents and pupils about topics that are relevant to you. In this episode, we're talking to the school's director of drama, James Hammond. Now, this is a great episode. James explains why drama is so important in school. He describes the whole drama department space for the sake of people who maybe have never stepped into that department. He talks about how to reach some of the more shy students at school and where he plans to take the department in the future. But first, he explains how he got into drama himself. Now, I love this episode because when you listen to it, I think you're going to really feel like you're actually sat next to the pair of us talking about drama. So come with me now as we switch on the stage lights with no rehearsal of lines because this is all unscripted and we speak to director of drama, James Hammond. James, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of Whitgift Conversations. How are you today? I'm good. Uh, right in the middle of uh, rehearsing for uh, Chariots of Fire. So I'm just about, which is our big production coming up. Just after I speak to you, I'm going to go into rehearsal for for a key scene where our two heroes are battling it out. So I'm looking forward to that. And this evening, I've got a theatre trip. We're going on a theatre trip to uh, the Lyric Hammersmith to see um, the Beauty Queen of Linane. So uh, I've got lots to look forward to today. So I'm enjoying that. Fantastic. Just tell me a little bit more about Chariots of Fire before we get into the, the proper heart of this episode. Well, it's on in December, 1st, 2nd and 3rd of December, so uh, imminently. And it's an adaptation of that fantastic film that I imagine we all know and love from the 80s about two runners, Eric Liddell and, and Harold Abrahams in the 1920s, who are using their pursuit of becoming the fastest at their discipline in order to overcome various kind of prejudices and, and hurdles that society puts in their way. So it's a big, grand, th- theatrical experience experience with an immersive audience in the middle of it and a running live running that's our big tagline i think live running so that's exciting excellent what tell me what live running actually is how does that translate into a production because we're very lucky with our performance space here at Whitgift, we can put the audience where we want them. We can put that and put the playing space where we want them. So we are going to have a running track around the outside of some of our audience, a, 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 wow. a kind of a, a raised running track. So when we do the races, which are obviously a big part of a of a of a play about the Olympics and and athletics, the performers are going to be running those races full on with all the sweat and tears that one hopes for from a athletics race right around the audience so uh, that should be exciting brilliant. <laughs> brilliant sounds fantastic I really want to come along to this myself James um, now we're going to talk about various things to do with drama at Whitgift in this episode but I'd love to know a little bit more about your own background your own upbringing your own education so where you went to school what your own experience of school was like was it positive was it negative well, I went to Harrow School. I was very lucky to go to Harrow School and I, I arrived at, at Harrow just after they'd built their new theatre. So I, I arrived as a keen rugby player and I, uh, was, I thought that I was uh, the very best because I was one of those boys who grew, grew up slightly quicker than the others. But then I arrived at secondary school and was overtaken very quickly and suddenly became not one of the biggest boys. And I broke my collarbone and, and that turned me off rugby and I, I, I found myself hanging around the newly built theatre and and really, really got into it and started getting into all the plays and I had a very inspirational drama teacher there who put on fantastic productions that I always wanted to be in. So I, I started spending all my time there and then in the sixth form I wrote my own play and then 
went on and and put that on in the theater and then i was determined to go and be a successful theater director so i uh, went and did drama at university and then did a master's degree in directing at drama school uh, and then spent my 20s trying to be a theater director so I, i did a lot of assisting i did a lot of directing with various degrees of success and then towards the end of my my uh, 20s i realized that I probably wasn't going to become the director, the artistic director of the National Theatre, which was always my ambition. I probably wasn't going to reach the very heights of of my profession. And actually, the most the people most excited about drama were the were the pe- pupils in the youth theatres that I was working at. So I was like, well, you know, why don't I go? I probably do more directing and have more passionate participants if I went and and retrained as a as a teacher, which is what I then did at the beginning of my 30s yeah gosh right so which university was that you went to then i went to manchester university to do drama and then mm-hmm. the central school of speech and drama to do my master's degree yeah right so let's bring it back to whitgift why, why do you think drama is so important in schools i'm presuming that you do think it's important why why so i think that drama in schools in general is so important because it's it's i always call it the silver bullet it's so good for confidence training people's to stand up in front of other pupils and 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 explore their emotions it's so good for kind of pastoral issues dealing with one's emotions dealing with fellow pupils collaborating mm-hmm. you can get up you can explore your own voice it's so good for pupils to explore things that they want to say to the world here at wick if mm-hmm. we do a we do the national theater playwriting award that a lot of schools do and and that's great to see young people write their own plays and look at the world and think what do i want to say about about this world the opportunity to communicate to an audience and ex- i mean theater is often called a kind of secular church a place where people come together to explore ideas and in a school you really need that you need a place mm-hmm. where everyone can come together and explore what it means to be human and i think for pupils to be at the heart of that discussion is an incredibly empowering thing i think pupils are so empowered in drama when you say it, when you push them out on the stage and you say right you go and tell this story to 500 people there's very few times when young people of that age are trusted with that much responsibility and i think that's fantastic and also in drama there are so many different disciplines you can be an actor you can be a director you can be a uh, lighting design sound design you can work in movement and dance you can work in music so there really is a space for everyone on in a school production you have to work really hard you have to work with a whole load of different people and it really is inclusive and everyone can get involved so you say that there's a space for everyone talk us through the actual physical space in the drama department let's just imagine that i'm a parent and i've never been inside the drama department at all what does it actually look like how does it feel inside there well hopefully it feels like a really creative space and i think the the joy of it at the moment is we've got two productions in rehearsal at the moment so if i were to show you around the drama department today you would see multiple people multiple groups up and rehearsing and and in exploring these different texts and that's fantastic we've got a two performance spaces two kind of performance spaces that we use all the time obviously another joy with drama is it's very flexible and uh, during covid for example we used the andrews quad which we haven't used for a long time which is right in the middle of the school and outdoors 
So we can use a lot of other spaces, but normally we use the Performing Arts Centre, which is a big, flexible space. It used to be the, uh, the school swimming pool and was converted into the Performing Arts Centre. And that allows us to construct a stage in many different ways. So house drama, which we had just before half term, was with the audience just facing a stage in a conventional end-on arrangement. But with Lion Boy, which will be performed in February, that's going to have the audience in more of a horseshoe shape. It gives, there's a lot of freedom there. And the other big space we use is Big School, which is the school's central school hall, which has a stage at one end. So we can use that. And for something like a musical, that would be the most sensible choice most of the time. But for something like Chariots of Fire, we can we can do these crazy things. So we have a, a lot of flexibility in that area. And a couple of classrooms as well, right next to the performing arts centre where we can do a more mm. theoretical. If we, we want to sit down and discuss a play with a group of A-level students, that's where we might head. So you've mentioned two of the future upcoming performances that are going to be happening at school, one of them very imminent. But tell us a little bit about the future of the drama department. I mean, where do you plan to take it throughout 2022, maybe 2023 as well? Well, productions are a big part of that. And uh, we're going to do five this year, I think, and a a house drama. And Edinburgh, we're going to go to Edinburgh in the summer. So that's uh, an exciting uh, project. So in talking about where we're going to go, a big part of it is making drama even more central to the school. So mm. we want pupils at Whitgift to be involved in drama as many as possible. And that doesn't just mean acting. That means coming to see shows. And one of the, one of the innovations we've introduced this term is audience societies where we arrange trips to London. We're so lucky to have one of the world's great theatre industries on our doorstep so take groups of pupils voluntary groups of pupils to shows we had a massive enthusiastic uptake for our trip to life of pi in december or late november so what we want really in terms of the future direction is loads of pupils involved lots of pupils involved and that means making lots of productions making the productions even more accessible so really enhancing the technical and design side of the production so for those pupils who maybe don't want to get up on a stage but are fascinated Mm -hmm. by the opportunity of programming a set of lights or or um, uh, designing a costume so really enhancing that side of things and making sure that there are a panoply of of different clubs and societies that will speak to a wider variety of boys so we've got playwriting, we've got drama, we've got technical theatre, but we might be looking at something like some circus or some some young theatre makers or some gymnastic-y kind of things that might get those pupils who might be interested in something like circus or circus skills, but maybe aren't interested in speaking, acting, speaking text, which obviously is a very different thing. Okay, so James, tell me a little bit about how you reach some of the more shy children at school, some of the boys who who maybe might want to do something in drama, but maybe they're just thinking they're not quite confident enough to do that. Because I'm also thinking that even to control some of the lights takes an element of confidence, doesn't it, to hit the right switch partway through a performance? It does, absolutely. But there are lower stakes, or lower stakes isn't the quite right way of saying it, but there are less time critical jobs. So if you want to help set up all of the technical things, but not actually operate on the day, 
that's a really rewarding job. There's a really tight-knit team that do that. And you can watch the production and just see it happen, see all of your hard work happen and know that it wouldn't be as special without without what's go without your contribution same with the more the the more set design and costume elements and pop puppetry so obviously everyone is different you might you might be someone that enjoys designing or painting sets or something like that or you might be someone that that doesn't mind being on stage if they're not the focus mm. which is a great opportunity for someone who say wants to be a puppeteer so the the focus is is the puppet and not them and they you could find that they would normally hate being a character or, or playing a part mm. but being a puppeteer is like the, their favorite thing ever because they <laughs> get to to contribute into the production but it's mm. they are not the focus the eyes are not on them they're on what they're controlling i guess it's just a case then really of finding the right task the right activity to suit the personality of each child exactly right and if if all of these tasks are available in our in our comprehensive kind of production schedule and the pupils are exposed to them early enough and they know that those opportunities are there then I think we'll be doing our job if there if there is a real hub in the school they know that in the theatre hub the drama hub all of these options are available and they know how to access them then that's where we want to be that's the holy grail where every pupil knows that they can go and access the element of drama that most excites them James, tell me about some of your favourite productions in the past that you've done. Ooh, that I've done in the past. I mean, I really enjoyed the production, elements of the production that we did, the Arts Gala, just before the summer, um, simply because it was an extraordinary sense of return, coming back to live performance after so many months away and just seeing live audience back, hearing their response to some of the excellent productions the performances that the the pupils did in that situation I've I've, there are a lot of I mean Edinburgh is always a massive highlight for me I've taken some I've been lucky enough to take some very exciting uh, and talented young people up to Edinburgh in the past and that first moment where you go out of the the kind of cocoon of school which is a very supportive cocoon and you suddenly put your work in front of a paying audience who are a bit mm. more demanding mm. um, and just see when you go there with a really well-prepared show that really has the voice of the pupils in it and they you see their joy at the audience's response total strangers instead of friends and family mm. total strangers responding so powerfully to what you've done that's when mm. they really understand actually there's something here that that is special so the edinburgh productions always have a special place in my heart and then mm. you have the 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 big cast productions so a musical or something like that which i've always enjoyed i've, I've directed a number of, of musicals it's not a natural thing for me i'm not a big musical fan but i love the i love looking around and seeing so many people involved and that's that's a thrill but then the flip side of that doing a little six form play with with five or six really keen pupils my predecessor here at Whitgift did um, a government inspector with a small group that the, the pupils still talk about. I did in my previous school, I did a production of Jane Eyre, which I will always remember because it had the keenest pupils in it. The ones who are then going to go on and apply to do drama school, apply to drama school, doing the act big meaty roles and surprising themselves with the 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 brilliance that they were able to achieve. So again, it's it's if you have the right production schedule you have the place for all of these things in your year the big groups pieces with 50 60 70 
pupils in it and the tiny little Edinburgh pieces or pieces like that. So, um, and they all give you a different kind of joy as, as, as a director or as a, as a, as a drama practitioner. Now you hinted partway through that, that musicals mm. aren't really your jam. Tell me a little bit more about mm. that and, and why mm. so as well. Well, I, I think most the biggest reason is because my music taste is not really compatible. I, I'm, I, I, I'm a kind of rock, punk, blues man, and there aren't a lot of musicals in that style. There are my favourite music. It should not therefore surprise you that my favourite musical is Tommy by The Who, which I absolutely love. And I'm also, I booked tickets recently to go and see Spring Awakening at the Almeida in London, which is, has, is coming up soon, which is also another kind of rocky musical. So there are, there are ones. And I'm also a bit of a cynic, so I like things not to take themselves too seriously. So the musicals that take themselves the most seriously are the ones that I'm less likely to, to connect with. Mm. I think there's also a personal thing, which is I've, I've, I can't sing. Oh, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> at, school, uh, at school, I was always, I was always one of the better actors and I always got a part in most of the plays, good meaty roles. Um, and then the musical would roll along and I would be cast to the side. And, and, and so there's probably, if I'm absolutely honest, there's probably a little bit of resentment there uh, because of that as well. Well, it's always good to have a bit of honesty and a bit of vulnerability on a podcast episode. Uh, and and I'm, I'm sure that you'll enjoy that performance at the Almeida. I, I think at the Almeida at the moment, there's a, a Macbeth production. I'm not sure whether or not you've seen that, but apparently it's very good. Yeah, with Sir Ronan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I did have tickets to see that in the first week of half term. And then once someone in the cast was ill, so they've postponed my tickets to the 16th of November. So uh I'm I'm thoroughly looking forward to seeing that. Um, mm. I, I have also heard that it's great. So mm. that's and she's a fantastic actor. So mm. I can't wait to see that. No, absolutely. So what was the last theatre performance that you saw yourself? Not one that you took the children to see, but one that you chose to see, one that you bought tickets to go and see. Well, in in half term, I had tickets to see four four different shows. Unfortunately, I, I came down with the dreaded Lurgy, so I was in isolation for some of it. So I, I didn't see uh, two of them. But I went to see White Noise at uh, the Bridge Theatre, which was uh, just a incredibly... You know, there are these plays that say really difficult things on stage and explore really difficult topics. And the daring of it, the daring... I mean, it's what I was going back to what I was saying before about this being a shared space where we can all discuss the difficult topics. And I think White Noise at the Bridge really did that. It talked about really difficult things to do with race and the way mm. that the history of racism has impacted on our relationships today. And I thought that was thrilling and fantastic. And then I was going to see Macbeth and I was going to see the Ian McKellen Cherry Orchard at Windsor mm -hmm. and the Cush Jumbo Hamlet at, at, at Young Vic, which I really, really wanted to see. But unfortunately, I missed that because of uh, isolation. But uh, I've heard that she is absolutely fantastic uh, in the role of Hamlet there. Now, based on a couple of things that you've said in this podcast episode so far, I think I might know the answer to the next question, which I, I already had written out, which is if you could only keep in life either Shakespeare or musicals, which one would it be? <laughs> uh, well, out of those two, definitely Shakespeare. <laughs> I have to say that while I love Shakespeare and I love Shakespeare a lot, 
I do feel that he's. I'm not one of these kind of bardolatrous people. I don't know if you heard that expression before, but I haven't. But I have now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Bardolatry. People that worship Shakespeare. Um, I'm not one of those. I see him just as as a really great playwright, and and I, I'm. I mean, my real interest is in kind of really new writing. So that's the thing that if I had to keep anything, any theatrical genre, it would be new plays. And then you just get to see what the, the, the pulse of the time is, what new playwrights have to say about life now and, and, and new ideas and new ways of doing things. I always like, you know, the, the great theatre is, is an incredibly living discipline. And, you know, Shakespeare, when it's done well, is brilliant. Shakespeare, when it's done badly, is just kind of uh, stayed and cliched. And, mm. and it's all out about trying something new and trying to find something new in those ancient plays. So, mm-hmm. yeah, out of those two, Shakespeare, but a special mention for new writing, if I can. Yeah, OK. All right. No, that's fair enough. That's fair <laughs> enough. Uh, James, we need to bring this to a close in a minute. But just remind us of the school website in case anyone's heard anything and maybe wants to get, wants to get in touch with the drama department. Yeah, so if you if you go to the, the school website, uh, witgift.co.uk, you will find plenty of information about the drama department. You can also follow uh, the drama department on social media. Uh, you can find Witgift Drama on Twitter and Witgift Drama on um, Instagram. So if you want to uh, keep, keep your fingers on the pulse of what's going on in the drama department, that's the place to head. Well, look, James, thank you for your time. Thank you for being here and opening up the world of drama at Witgift to me and to all of the listeners here. Thank you. My pleasure. So that was Director of Drama James Hammond. Thank you, James, for coming on to this episode of Whitgift Conversations. Really good hearing from you and what's happening in the whole department. Don't forget, you can contact James through the school website, whitgift.co.uk, but also check out Whitgift Drama on Twitter and Instagram. We'll link to all those places in the show notes for this episode. And talking of episodes, the next one is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so that you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.